Community Focus is a look at events, issues, and initiatives happening in and around the Brainerd Lakes area. Community Focus is produced by Hubbard Radio Brainerd and broadcast locally on 106.7 WJJY. Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor. And today we are visiting with our friends from Crow Wing County. And our guests today include Tammy Lewick, Adult Services Division Manager, and Sandra Larson, who is the Adult Protection Lead Investigator. Ladies, uh, welcome back to Community Focus. Thank you. Thank welcome. you. Uh, pinch hitting for Tim Hool today. So <laughs> yes. uh, there are a couple of things that Tim wanted us to uh, mention anyway. And uh, we do have some new county commissioners here as we start the year, don't we? We do. So um, we have um, Commissioner Steve Barrows, who will be representing District 3. And then Commissioner Bill Brecken will be representing District 2. And then in District 4, Commissioner Rosemary Franzine and County Attorney Don Ryan were also reelected for another four years. Both were unopposed. And then um, we also wanted to mention that we have a new sheriff. We got a new yeah. sheriff in town, kids. <laughs> so uh, Sheriff Scott Goddard was elected to replace retiring Sheriff Todd Dahl. And um, these new positions will be starting officially next week. Mm-hmm. Um, the swearing-in ceremony will be at our county board meeting um, next Tuesday, January 8th. And that's always open to the public? So, it is. Yeah. Is there usually a big crowd for the swearing-in ceremony when family, I, friends? Yes, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yes. All right. Um, so, ladies, uh, you're both in the uh, adult uh, protection uh, part of the county. Let's talk a little bit about that. For someone who's not familiar, uh, what's a good way to talk about some of the things you do? Go ahead. So just to identify a vulnerable adult and, and who that encompasses, that would be any person over 18 years of age or older who is a resident or inpatient of a facility, receive licensed services in their home, um, possesses a physical or mental infirmity or other physical, mental, emotional dysfunction that uh, impairs their ability to provide adequately for their own needs. And in addition to that, there's kind of a two-pronged component here, that because of that dysfunction or infirmity and the need for care services, the individual has an impaired ability to protect um, the individual's self from maltreatment. Um, one thing that's key, I think, is for some of us, meeting that definition of a vulnerable adult can fluctuate. Um, we all will be considered vulnerable adults at least once, if not several times in our lifetime. So wow. um, hospitalization, mm-hmm. vulnerable adults. I suppose. Released yeah. from the hospital, maybe with um, licensed services in your home for a week or two afterwards, mm-hmm. vulnerable adult. Mm-hmm. Once those licensed services stop, I'm no longer considered a vulnerable adult. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose yeah. if you think about it, that's the truth. <laughs> that's what helps, yeah, what, how you meet it. And, yeah. you know, and so sometimes when... When you're receiving those licensed services and something happens that, you know, that could potentially be reported. And so it's, it is a good thing to think about, though, that, sure. you know, at some point in our life, we'll probably all be considered a, a vulnerable adult. Yeah. So even though uh, that uh, fluctuates from time to time, I would imagine there's still a pretty good number of people that always fall under that umbrella. That's uh, on a true. regular basis? Sure. Conditions that won't improve or change. Um, you know, we have younger adults who um, turn 18 who were born developmentally delayed and mm-hmm. just sure. will never be able to kind of always make their own decisions, just depending on their uh, IQ level, I should say. The other uh, one would be someone who has a diagnosis of dementia or Alzheimer's when it has progressed to the point where, you know, again, it's a condition that's not going to improve or change mm-hmm. right. um, or reverse. So, yes, um, 
there is that classification, too, that just always will be a vulnerable adult. Mm-hmm. And then there's the rest of us, like I said, who it'll, it'll sometimes fluctuate. Mm-hmm. Sure. So you offer uh, protection and help. We and, do. Yeah. Are, are these, uh, and I know we talked about this uh, with my family. My, my dad had the Alzheimer's, and worry, we were worried about a number of things. Uh, scams, probably the biggest thing right away. Is that That's, something that you guys uh, That on? is very huge. I think um, in our sheriff's department and, and law enforcement, um, city police um, do take the lead on some of those just because it does involve a crime. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, those are definitely, that would be considered financial exploitation in our area as far as defining maltreatment. Um, that is one um, of the trending allegations that I was going to touch on today. And in addition to the financial exploitation, there's also self-neglect. Those are the two uh, most common allegations of maltreatment that are reported right now to the county um, that we are... Self-neglect. What, yeah. Yeah. Can you define yeah. that? Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, um, just some signs of someone um, self-neglecting may be seen as them not eating well, not taking their medication, or not taking it properly. Um, unpleasant odors in the home, unkept home, mm, okay, um, or unpleasant odors from the person themselves. Sure. Um, unpaid bills. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Forgetting doctor appointments, that kind of thing, and we do some of that initially when as we're aging and maybe um, declining mentally a little bit. Sure. Um, so it gets to the point where. There are key elements of their life just are not successful. Maybe not just one being forgetful, but mm-hmm. uh, several aspects of their uh, daily functioning life. So, hmm. yes. Um, and then just to go into some of the financial exploitation um, description would be when um, someone is financially s- exploited by someone else. It can be when services are cut off, like cable or phone, electricity, Needed home care services are not in place despite ample income sure. or uh, to afford those services. Mm. Overdraft notices may be coming in from their bank or unfilled prescriptions for their needs. Um, all of these can be, but doesn't have to be, uh, accompanied by unusual spending by the person who has access to that vulnerable adult or to their accounts. Hmm. And then just to give you an idea, um, so last year, Crowing County did receive a total of 458 reports for all allegations. Um, And then just to break that down for self-neglect, 188 allegations of self-neglect were made and 141 for financial exploitation. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that does happen. And I I know, uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, from what I've read about, especially the financial part, sometimes that can be uh, family, unfortunately. It is, unfortunately, about 90% of wow. the... Wow. So it's that high. It is. Yeah, because we always think of scammers, and there's enough of those out yep. there. Yeah. But often it is family. And sometimes it is maybe a family member um, taking maybe their inheritance a little early. Uh-huh. Um, Helping themselves a little bit. Sure. Yeah, yeah. and so that's where we focus on, too. Are there services that should be in the home, even though there's ample money? Mm-hmm. You know, kind of sure. a red flag. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, very interesting. So how do you get these reports? Do you have, you know, neighbors calling saying, I'm concerned about my neighbor or, you know, how do you find out about these situations? Definitely those are um, some of our reporters, but we do have um, a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week reporting number statewide for Minnesota for adult Mm -hmm. protection, vulnerable adults, anytime you want to report something. Um, So it is our mandated reporters. 
teachers, um, doctors, social service providers, healthcare providers, yes, or our non-mandate, just people in our community. And we really want to stress that we absolutely want to hear from everyone. You don't have to be just a mandated reporter. We want to make sure that the average citizen and community member Mm -hmm. knows who to call, where to call, and what to report. And yeah. I was going to say, a lot of folks may think, oh, I don't want to get involved. I'm, what if I'm wrong? I'm going to, you know, mm-hmm. what do you say to folks who are thinking there might be an issue but are a little hesitant to, to make that call? One key thing is when you report, you can remain anonymous. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say from the county perspective, I would love to have a contact name and number just so for follow-up because I feel like I always have 10 more questions that maybe <laughs> sure. the person taking the call didn't uh, ask. So um, I would love to have that. However, if you're that uncomfortable, if you're just really don't want to harm the relationship that you have with that person, Mm -hmm. and we we do not disclose who the reporter is. It is strictly for the investigators to have that information. It is not disclosed unless there's a court hearing, court action, and the judge would order us to do so. So, you know, that's where I say, yes, you can remain anonymous. It's very helpful if you provide that information for the investigation. Sure. And I always think it's important that, people, you know, if you're concerned about something, you know, it's better to, I think, err on the side of reporting. Yes. That doesn't mean that we're going to screen it in and that we're, you know, that we may even do anything with it. But if we have maybe other reports or some other concerns from other members of the community or, you know, this might help us in our investigation as well. So, you know, I think it's important that people just you know, feel okay with that. There's a screening mm-hmm. process that this is still going to go through before, you know, we go into active investigation, right. you know, so. Right. I would think, too, that sometimes you have uh, quite possibly family that calls from out of the area. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm worried about my mom or dad right. or whomever. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, can you, you know, check on them? So we do refer some of those calls that come direct to the county where it's um, kind of a real safety, imminent danger kind of a thing. We ask them to call that into not only law enforcement for a welfare check, but then also to our adult reporting center, sure. um, just dually. And then the the welfare check is immediate, uh, gives them a little bit more assurance that the person is okay. okay yeah. And then as a follow-up, we receive the report um, through our reporting center, and then we can find out what's going on. We can kind of see it, yeah. uh, what's being, what the concerns are and what the safety issues are, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then do you partner with other agencies in the Lakes area for help? Because uh, I would have to think that you can't do all this on your own. But when you find some of these things going on, uh, for food, for instance, do we sign them up for Meals on Wheels? And, yes. and there must be yes. lots of people that you partner with. Yes, lots of lots of agencies and um, that we work with out in the community. Um, sometimes we make referrals for things that will help the person get the services they need if they're not getting things, you know, getting their needs met. Um, Maybe they are, you know, maybe their income isn't such they didn't think that they could afford it. Well, maybe they're eligible for services. So, you know, so that we can provide those kinds of things into the home and bring them in, you know, so that they can remain in their home or, you know, if they need, you know, maybe it's now um, maybe moving into an assisted living. But again, you know, sometimes people just don't know that they potentially might be eligible for those things, Mm -hmm. even, you know, with limited income or, you know, that sort of thing. So I think, yes. And, you know, another piece of that you kind of bring up, which is another area we want to talk about today, was our Crow Wing County Adult Protection Team. So we talk a lot about the Child Protection Team, mm-hmm. the Crow Wing County Child Protection Team, which is made up of, a, you know, a lot of different um, agencies and members from our community sure. um, to educate and promote, um, you know, taking 
good care kids. And we have that same thing for adult protection. We don't talk about it as much, but we have the Kerwin County Adult Protection Team. And up until just this past year, um, we didn't do any kind of fundraising or um, really have any funds at all. Um, Everything was just going out into the community and making presentations and educating, um, you know, all that was voluntary, which today it still is very voluntary. (laughs) But but we did establish through the Brainerd Community Action um, a fund for the Kerwin County Adult Protection Team now. And so we are able now to take donations for that. And so that's been, um, we're excited about that because it will allow us to, you know, put more materials out into the community about adult protection matters, mm-hmm. um, help inform our community. Um, the last couple of years, we've been doing some um, trainings. Uh, we brought trainings in on adult protection issues, but also on alternatives to guardianship and mm. setting up like powers of attorney and what that means. And because, you know, Families have a lot of questions. You know, oh, yeah. how do I help protect my um, my parent that's aging? Or you know, how do I you know what do we do about this? Or do does how my do child this? does yeah. my child that's turning eighteen need a guardian? Maybe they don't. And so we that's been some work of our uh, Crowing County Adult Protection Team that we are working to help um, educate the community and go out and make presentations on adult protection matters. So very important work. Yeah, but we're excited that we now have a fund, and um, I think we actually before the end of the year. Um, reached a thousand dollars in our fund. You know, it's a very small amount, um, but it will help us to bring, like I said, some trainers in. From last year, we had Volunteers of America here doing some training on the alternatives to guardianship, and we have a lot of people looking for those kinds of um, alternatives. You know, taking things to such a like formal legal matter. You know, you don't. We don't always need to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. There are some definitely some steps that we can take that um, to establish um, substitute decision making and that sort of thing, so that a person can continue to feel really independent in their ability to choose and sure. um, and make um, you know advanced care planning those kinds of things. Yeah. There's a lot of other steps we can take before we move to having to put guardians in place. Right. Yeah. Very very interesting. You know, and just a few more things to go on that, Tammy. Um, we have identified a, a list of maybe some recommendations that people can follow when you are planning um, just to protect yourself or someone that you care about. So one of those would be be willing to pay for in-home help when necessary. Um, I know there are some generations that just really are penny pinchers and, and, and don't spend money on themselves. But mm-hmm. that is truly something that is a priority if you want to stay in your home for as long as possible, yeah. but do it safely. Yep. In addition to that, um, we do ask that you get legal advice about making arrangements now to plan for the future, with like having a, the designated power of attorney or a health care agent. We ask that you use different family or professionals to manage your needs, like financial, medical appointments, medical um, uh, kind of explanation and process and procedures or that sort of thing, shopping, um, all of those things that you need assistance with. Don't have one person handling everything. Yeah. Um, the, other, the other thing is don't give someone access to your accounts or designate them in those roles if they themselves have a problem with gambling Money mm-hmm. management. Yeah. If you know uh, they have a problem, don't hand them your stuff. Correct. Correct. <laughs> right, yes. You know, some families I've spoken to, they said, well, you know, it's my only child yeah, or my yeah. only relative or, and that sort of thing. And, and I, so then I do have to stress, you know, even if they are your family member, even if they are your only family member, mm-hmm. I would ask that you seek the help of a professional yeah. uh, in that regard instead. Kind of a third party watching. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, you know, we also say, you know, don't promise money or assets after you die in exchange for care now. Yeah. Oh, good point. Um, don't let hired caregivers open your mail, pay your bills, or manage your finances. You know, their role is to provide you with care. They should not be used to assist with the finances. Hmm. 
um, don't be bullied into giving someone money or access to your money. Yeah. You know, just because they say they need it or want it or whatever, they really put the pressure on you. Um, sometimes they do, um, I think, test those relationships with you. So yeah. if you Easily are... Easily manipulated, it sounds yes, like you, you, yes. can, if you can fall under that. Yeah. Yeah. And this is one we didn't mention, but if you are a victim of abuse or neglect, report it. We talked about other people reporting, but you too can report. Right, yeah. if and, someone's doing it to you. And don't feel embarrassed or stupid if someone has taken advantage of you in some way, shape, or form. I mm-hmm. think... Um, the embarrassment will prevent a lot of people from reporting. And so we really just want to let them know that, you know, you probably are not the only person that, you know, may be the victim from this perpetrator. So we want to make sure that you report it um, and that we have all the information to be able to stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Look out for yourself, you know. Yeah. 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 So our um, reporting center is called the Minnesota Adult Abuse Reporting Center. And I do have a telephone number for that. They also, um, if you're a mandated reporter, you can do an online report. But just in our community, the general number, uh, again, 24 hours, seven days a week, is 844-800-1574. And again, you can remain anonymous. Very good. All right. We're going to run out of time, but I wanted to mention one last thing. And I know Trish was in here, Trish Exted, not too long ago. And we talked about the Vitals app, but this is another tool that can really help with adult protection. Yeah, just wanted to just make mention that with the assistance of the um, Region 5 Adult Mental Health Initiative, um, we have made vitals available to 289 officers across Region 5 Plus. That includes Aiken, Cass, Crow Wing, Morrison, Todd, and Wadena counties. Wow. In Crow Wing alone, we have 124 officers that are going to now have the application this year. And for those that don't know what this is, Tammy, yep. explain just quickly what the that vitals is The Vitals app is an app that allows children and adults with visible and invisible conditions and disabilities an opportunity to voluntarily um, put their information on this app that then can be seen by law enforcement officers. It's in real time, so if you ever need to make updates to it, uh, you can do that, and it's it, it automatically will be out there for officers to see. And it just really allows, you know, it increases safety for individuals. It improves communication with law enforcement. So if mm-hmm. you're unable to speak at the time of an incident, you potentially, um, they would have the information about maybe your medical condition that might exactly. not be visible. Yeah. And then, you know, it promotes independence. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so, yeah just it can help diffuse a situation, too, and make it something, you know, it could become something it doesn't need to be if the officers have this information when approaching you at a at an incident. So and, and you know and we also want to just reiterate we came to talk about adult protection. This is for all ages, so this could be um, for a child, mm-hmm. but it also could be for an adult, like you talked about, your um, father with Alzheimer's. It mm-hmm. gives people um, an opportunity to share some information, some critical information with law enforcement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for more information about that, you're right, Trish Exted would be our contact at Crow Wing County. Um, her number is two one eight eight two four one three nine nine, or you can check out the Vitals app online um, at um, www.thevitalsapp.com. And and I think the key here is, like you say, law enforcement now has this. So if you feel you are in any way in need of this, you need to get it so that it just automatically shows up on the officer's phone. Yep, through the application. When, when you're within, I think it's like eighty feet. So mm-hmm. yeah, if yep. a ch- child a with a autism or an adult with Alzheimer's, as they're walking up to, to someone, they, they would get the little message yep. already right there. Yep. Oh, this is what's going on. It diffuses so many situations mm-hmm. well ahead of time. Yep. It's not something that officers can use to search you. No. It's just no. when they come in, come into close proximity of you. So yeah, yeah it's, yep. it's great. It's a great resource, we think, for people. So. Very good. If we have any other questions about adult protection or vulnerable adults, 
Uh, is there a place on the county website we can go to find out more about some of the things we talked about? Yep. They can visit just visit our county website and click on community services, and you'll come into more information about all of our services. Very good. All right. Ladies, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Truly appreciate it. Thanks. Our guests today, Tammy Lewick, the Adult Services Division Manager, and Sandra Larson, Adult Protection Lead Investigator for Crow Wing County. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor. That is today's edition of Community Focus. And don't forget, you can catch Community Focus anytime on our website at 1067wjjy.com.